Welcome to Jyotish Conversations, a weekly series presented by Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, your Vedic resource on the web. Each week we feature a half-hour conversation with a leading practitioner of Jyotish, Vedic astrology. Our goal is to make this ancient knowledge interesting, understandable, and somewhat less mysterious. So here's this week's show, and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Anne. Here we are again. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I kind of like to talk about predictive astrology a little bit. I have a a friend who's a beginning student of Jyotishi who manages to scare himself silly every time Mars goes over something. And <laughs> so it's kind of brought me to the question of what's more important in predictive astrology or is there a more is it the planetary transits is it this you know the planets as they move around the sun and affect your chart or is mm-hmm. it the dasha period the period of life that you're living in at this particular moment or a future moment that's ruled by a particular planet in your chart right you know, that's the that's the guy who's setting the tone for things in that period so yeah, there, I, there is there is nothing better to scare you with than than uh, misapplied astrology. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page, understanding what's a transit and what's a dasha. Okay. And in simplest terms, I'll go back to the very beginning. When you're born, the time of the day you're born and the location on your on the planet. And of course, the date that you're born is um, a snapshot of where the planets in the sky are. And in Indian astrology, when we're talking about what signs the planets are in, that's the same sign that an astronomer would say. We're talking mm-hmm. about if the if the moon is against the backstrap, if it's in the sign of Taurus, the planets. I can't talk, Ben. If the moon is in the sign of Taurus when you're mm-hmm. born, mm-hmm. the planets behind the moon in the the stars behind the moon in the sky is what I'm trying to say. The constellation will actually be Taurus. Mm-hmm. That's not the case in Western astrology. So, so and that's an important point. Point. That, so, in Jyotish, what you see is what you get. Yep. yep. But in Western astrology, it's it's sort of an idealized position, right? Mm-hmm. It's based on. The spring equinox. It's based based on the philosophy that Aries is the beginning. The spring equinox is the beginning of the growing year mm-hmm. in the northern hemisphere, and therefore that is where zero Aries should be. Mm-hmm. But it, it's at this point, depending on on what Ionamsha, what what set of statistics or figures you're using, it's about 24 degrees off of what the Indian astrology would say it would be it doesn't matter both systems work they're self-contained they both work so there's no point in getting to an argument about it but (laughs) but the planets in the solar system revolve around the sun and so any night when you look up the planets will be moving they're called grahas in india that means Mm. wanderers they move around in the sky whereas the stars seem to sit in the same place right for years and years and years and years at a time. Mm-hmm. So as the planets go through the sky, they will be 
making geometrical relationships to the planets in your birth chart and the houses of your birth chart. So if you get a planet that may not have friendly meanings in most systems, and Saturn is our favorite bad guy, when Saturn goes through your ascendant, which is about your basic vitality and approach to life, you may find your style is a bit crimped. Mm -hmm. But for some people, Saturn is one of the best planets in the chart. So maybe their style will be crimped in that, oh, they've got a big job and they've got to really get to it and be busy, but it's really helping them a lot. So you can't just look at it and say, oh, Saturn's doing this, this is bad. Right. That's the planets as they move around in the sky. Each planet will move at a different speed. So every two years, Mars will come back to where it was two years ago. Every 12 years, Jupiter comes back to where it was 12 years ago. Every 28 years, approximately, Saturn comes back. Those are just, they're different clocks, literally different clocks that we work on. Mm -hmm. Now, a planetary period, or a dasha, is a calculation of which of the planets in your birth chart are going to be in charge. It's kind of like running a relay race where, you know, somebody runs the first little way and then gives the rod to the next guy who runs the next little way. And some of these planets or some of these runners are going to be better runners than others. And they're going to give your team more support, so to speak. So you'll change these periods. You'll be born in one. You'll be in that one for a period of time that is totally unique to each individual. And then there's a a prescribed sequence of planets that are in charge of different periods of your life. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about... There are multiple Dasha systems. Most people use the Vimshotri Dasha. It's just one of them. And it takes the nine different planets and it divides up 108... 120 years. 120 years, right. 120 years between these nine planets in irregular chunks. So it's a, it's a, it's basically, it's a calculation. Yeah. And each planet gets to be in charge of a certain portion of your life. Right. And then you also have sub dashas so that, for example, you might be. Divide it down again proportionately. Divide it down again proportionately, right. So what happens is that these trends can be, um, delineated according to a very specific pattern. Right. When you get a birth chart of an infant, you can very quickly look ahead 120 years and see what are some of the broad trends. Mm -hmm. It would be very difficult to look at the planet's positions for the next 120 years because they move around too fast. Right. So it gives you an immediate long-term ability to say, ah, in general terms, we're going to say, this is a really likely period for you to get married. Gee, in very general long terms, it looks like you may move to a foreign country in this period. So it'll give you these broad pictures over a vast, in in terms of a person's lifetime, vast period of 120 years. That's this particular dasha, and I think for the time being, let's just leave it with this one most commonly used dasha, because there are others, and and Ben and I actually both have charts that work better with one of the other dashas. So, but that's what a dasha system is. So, what works best? There is no best. There is a no either-or answer. 
using them together is the real way to get predictions to work. So how do you think about using them together? Oh, let me go back, let me go back to how they both work together. I had a client once whose grandchild was born and this child had the planet Saturn, you know, our favorite bad guy, along with the planet Mercury, which has to do with communication, talking, thinking. Um, Mercury, I believe, was also the Lagna Lord. Okay. Uh, the, which means this was the ascendant and has to do with the child's basic vitality. Sure. So Saturn would limit it. So this child was born in a Saturn-Mercury with Saturn and Mercury together in the second house. The second house is sometimes called a killer house. Right. So here she was born. Saturn and Mercury are in her second house, which is somewhat dangerous. Um, it also turned out that she was running. She was born. Her moon's position started her life in a Saturn-Mercury dasha. Mm-hmm. So this is how planets and transits can work together. I'll jump ahead. She didn't die, okay? Okay. (laughs) But in the first three months of her life, she had been hospitalized six times. They couldn't find out what was wrong with her. She was getting sicker and sicker. She wasn't eating. They didn't know what was wrong with her. I looked at this, and as an astrologer looking at the most difficult planet connected with the child's vitality. Right. And running a period when those two planets were operating together and those two planets were in the most dangerous house for the child, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of concern. Right. So we did remedies, Ben. <laughs> Good. And the mother did the grandmother, because on behalf of a child, you can do remedies for someone else. Sure, of course. You cannot do them for your friend or your husband. They're adults and they get to make their own decisions. But on behalf of a child, a minor, someone for whom you are totally responsible, you can do remedies for them. And she did Saturn remedies and Mercury remedies. Um. The child was not hospitalized again. Within a week, she got better. And they discovered that it was allergies. Ah. So not only did the child get better, but they also found a reason. And they were able to eliminate. Second house is also your home and your growing up family sure. and environment. That environment, right. So they were able to eliminate allergens from her environment. But she played mantras on a tape, a repeating tape recorder, for days, Saturn and Mercury mantras, in the, in the nursery. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. It's pretty uh, impressive. It, it, it is. It's, it just gives, it gives you chills yeah. when you realize how powerful this is and what might have happened. And as you're so well aware, and this is not a show about remedies, but as you're so well aware... When somebody does a puja or does a remedy of some sort, it's not like, oh, all the problems go away, it's magic, it's fixed. The solution comes. Hey, it's allergy. The kid has allergies. We can fix it now. 
Right, right, yeah. right. So now the, the key for the purpose of prediction is the combination in her chart was echoed by the period of time in her Dasha sequence. Mm-hmm. That's one very important thing. When you see Saturn is going to go around and, and do something that worries you in your chart, the first question to ask is, am I running a Dasha of Saturn? Am I running a sub-period of Saturn or a sub-sub-period period of Saturn? If not, eh, it's not going to be that big a deal. I don't need to worry. Or maybe you see Jupiter is, you know, it's your... It's a money planet. It's your fifth house ruler. It's about to go through your second house. They're both money houses. And you think, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to get a big raise. I'm going to win the lottery. Are you running a Jupiter Dasha? Right. Or a sub-period of Jupiter? Or a sub-sub-period of Jupiter? Right. And if none of the above, what I usually tell people is, watch out and don't get too optimistic and overspend. (laughs) So in a <laughs> so in a sense, the dasha is the the wider stage, and then the transits act sort of as a as a triggering mechanism that uh, sort of brings to fruition whatever karma it is that uh, or, or potential that there is in the chart. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So if if you're um, a beginning jyotishi and you're seeing, you know, twenty years from now, there's something that really worries you in your chart. Look at the transits, get an ephemeris, which is a mm-hmm. book that lists exactly where all the planets are at any given date, and see if those planets are echoing the Dasha period. Yeah. So that's a really, really, really important thing. Now, there's another thing, which is when you study a chart, you don't just look at the birth chart from the ascendant. You also look at the birth chart from the moon. One of the questions I seem to get a lot is, well, I guess it's the economy of the time. When will I sell my house and move? Right, right, right. And there are a number of ways to look at the chart, and we need to get agreement. If we only see it one way, eh, well, maybe. Right. You, you'll probably think about it a lot. But you can look at the birth chart and say the ascendant, which is based on the exact time of your birth and the place latitude, longitude. Where's the ascendant? That's first house. Fourth house is your home. So we're going to look on activity related to the fourth house. But then look at it again from the sun. So the sun is in a different sign. Four houses from the sun is your home. Does the same pattern hold? If you look at it there, look at it again from the moon. Then you get to another level of complexity, but it matters. It matters. Sometimes Uh, students will feel like, oh, I don't want to look at all these different charts, because when you get a single birth chart in Indian astrology, that chart can be expanded and turned into uh, Navamsha, which is very often used for life in general, but it's also a marriage-related chart. You can look Mm -hmm. at a Dashamsha chart, which is a chart of your career or successes. You can look at a chart of children. You can look at a chart of of, um, your parents, your your homes and your vehicles, tragedies, spiritual, the, some of them you have to have a real accurate birth time to do much with, but there are many, many, many charts that you can look at. 
So for and, and any, and I'll, I just want to point out that any of the widely available uh, software programs what, for chart cal- calculation will calculate these divisional charts automatically for you. Right. So go ahead. I'm sorry. But th- yeah, but that's a really important thing because it's it, you don't have to scare yourself. You just say, "What's the subject at hand here?" Right. That's the chart I need to look at. I'll look at the birth chart, I'll look at the Navamsha chart, and I'll look at the chart of the subject at hand. And then we'll look at each chart from the ascendant, and then the sun, and then the moon. If you don't have an accurate birth time, you have to leave out the ascendant, and you can look at it from the sun and the moon, right. especially when you get to the additional divisions, because they're, they're far more dependent on accurate timing. Okay. Now that I've bored you with all those details, let's talk about an example of how this is important. I I had a client a number of years ago. She came to me in the fall, December, November, December, January, somewhere in the middle of the winter period. It's California. We never have winter, so it's fall kind of. And I was looking at her chart, and I kept seeing Mars and Saturn making simultaneous aspects, meaning they were transiting through or making aspect to the fifth house of her birth chart. The fifth house has to do with children. Right. And I thought, I don't really like the look of this. Mars and Saturn, well, a classic way is Mars is go, go, go without any thought, and Saturn is stop right now. Right. You put those together and you get a crash, kind of. Yeah, it's a pretty destructive combination. Yeah. Yeah. It's a destructive combination. So the next thing I did is I looked at her chart of children, the Saptamsha. Mm-hmm. And I asked, do these aspect either the fifth house or the ruler of the fifth house in this additional little microscope that we can put on the subject, specifically her children? And I thought, if they don't, I'm not as worried. If they do, we need to look further. Right. And indeed, they did. So then I looked through her dashas, and she was running a Mars dasha. And it turned out that these aspects that the planets were making and the dasha she was running between like March 3rd and 10th of the following year. Right. So it's like we're talking about four months ahead. The the aspects of Mars and Saturn were exact, and she was running Mars, Saturn, Saturn, Mars. Oh, my. Yeah. And for anybody who's listening to me and thinking, do they ever want to get a reading from me, I will lie at times. <laughs> <laughs> If I had nothing to give her, I would have said, you need to be a little extra cautious or tell your kids to be a little extra cautious. There's a little bit of accident energy here. I'm not going to say this really looks pretty serious. Right. Unless there's something to do. And in this case, it was so clear. Two planets involved. Mm -hmm. Repeat, repeat, repeat. She probably contacted you. I always give people two choices of where to go for pujas just so they feel like they've got free choice. Right. But she probably contacted you, and then she did some of her home remedies. This was such a fun story, Ben. Uh-huh. 
first of all, when I said March 3rd to 10th, she said, my daughter will be at her first Iditarod from March oh. 3rd to 10th. Right. And Iditarod, for those of you who aren't familiar, is a sled race in Alaska where you have a sled and a team of dogs and everybody's racing. So, so she started doing these remedies for her daughter. And she got a call a couple of days into the event. The her daughter's first it was, she didn't know anything about sled racing dog racing sled racing so she was on the baby course and she had like six dogs and somebody behind her had six dogs and the person behind lost control of the dogs and the sled that sled ran over and the dogs ran over her sled and the dogs and all the dogs and all the sleds got tangled and started skidding on the ice oh my running over the girl so she had two sleds run over her dogs and she came to a stop with her face an inch from the brake of the sled which is a big steel claw that goes into the ice to stop oh, it. Oh yeah, sure. And she got up and walked away. Everybody there said they had never seen an accident like that where there were, wasn't broken skin, no yeah. broken bones. bones. Yeah, yeah. She got up and walked away. She had a couple of bruises but she went back to sledding the next day. So she did indeed have what could have been an extremely serious accident. But and this was the no, child of the your child client. Of my client, and we right. saw the danger to her child. Right. Now, I, I don't want to give anybody a false idea. My success rate in seeing things that specific is rare because you don't often get this many factors all happening at exactly yes. the same right. time. And exactly the same part of the chart. But it does it does also show uh, kind of the nature of uh, of the planets as being, in a sense, receptacles for karma, right? Exactly. I mean, we have we're, we we you know we have the, our parabda karma, the karma that we are destined to experience in this lifetime. Yes. And that when we, whether whether it's a mother doing it for a child. Or you know we're doing it for ourselves, but when we when we get involved with and we engage in spiritual practices and and or other kinds of remedies, you know basically that that cup of karma, you know we're taking we're taking it out maybe a teaspoon at a time, mm-hmm. but enough of that karma was dissolved ahead of time so that you know you the event had to take place. But the consequences were different. Right. And it also shows the importance of interlinked charts. Yes. This is, this is the child who had the event. Of course, any event for a child is an event for a parent. Right. But it was all based on the mother's chart. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's a fascinating thing. There's another thing about predictive astrology that is a clincher. When you're looking at, is this going to happen? Is this house going to sell? Is it not going to sell? And this I take directly with great honor and credit to K.N. Rao. Mm-hmm. And his researches show that if an event is going to actually take place, not only do the transits and dashas have to be contributing to it, but it also needs the simultaneous transit of 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down into pieces. The right. simultaneous transit of Jupiter and Saturn mm-hmm. on the house in charge of the subject in question or on the planet that owns that house, the ruler of the house. So in other words, you would need Jupiter aspecting, in the case of this story, the fifth house or the ruler of the fifth house. Let's just say it's Mars. It was Mars, I think. But anyway, right. so Jupiter will either be aspecting the fifth house or aspecting Mars from its transiting position in the sky. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously, you need Saturn. We're not going to talk about all the rules of aspects, but they have different aspects. Right. To, to aspect the fifth house or the fifth lord. And sometimes it comes down to, and I feel kind of like, a monkey with an abacus sometimes, because I'll look at the I'll look at these transit effects and somebody who's trying to get their house sold or blah blah, or are they going to move or are they going to get a new job or a raise? And I'll look at these transits and I'll say, okay, we get both of them from if we're looking at it from the ascendant being the first house. Right. We're getting one of them if we look at it from the sun being the first house. We're getting none of them if we look at it from the moon as a first house. We're getting both of them from the Navamsha. We're getting both of them from the Navamsha sun, the Navamsha being the next divisional chart I'd look at. So I just count. We've got full compliance in three out of six cases. Mm-hmm. And we've got half compliance in two more. Right. Maybe you can get it done if you work really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I just go by majority rules. <laughs> and it seems to work, and the timing of it seems to work. You can say, you know, we're going to have to wait because when Saturn changes sign or when it goes retrograde, you're going to get a little different shift here. So it'll, you know, you get all the compliance if you wait till this month. So that's another thing that you have to apply. So again, when you're saying, oh, this is a terribly scary Dasha, oh, this is a terribly scary transit, we've got a lot of things that have to go into play to actually create a predictable event. Well, and I think yes, and and and, but I I think Kay and Rao used to express it as nothing happens without the blessings of Jupiter and the permission of Saturn. I had forgotten that, Ben. That is so beautiful. That is, well, but it's so true, right? It is. It is. It's true. And then and going from there, because I, I you know I think that then you have this sort of matrix that you have the Dasha has to sort of set the stage. Yeah. And then the transits have to come together to act as a trigger that really sort of makes the event happen. And the idea, if you're good enough as an astrologer, is that by looking at these patterns, you can then um, make a reasonable prediction about timing of an event or or if an event will happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, it could be, you know, when will I get married? Um, or it would be, you know, can I sell my house within this time frame? Right, right. Right. And there's actually a story. I'm not. I haven't asked for permission, so I won't use her name. But it, huh? there is um, a Jyotishi practicing mm-hmm. in the West who came upon her first and only marriage period relatively late in life. She was in her late 40s or early 50s, I believe. Uh-huh. And she went on a computer match service. And said, I am in, I'm a, a Jyotishi, 
I'm an Indian astrologer. I am in my first and only marriage period at this age in my life. I'm serious about wanting to marry. If you are interested and serious about wanting to be married, please send your birth data. <laughs> she didn't talk to anybody. She went through hundreds of charts. Now, of course, not only was she looking for compatibility, she needed to find somebody else who was also in a marriage period. <laughs> right, of course. And when she did, and the parents met each other, the match was so well done that the parents had multiple friends in common, even though they lived thousands of miles apart. Oh, isn't that funny? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. So well, the other, you know, the other thing, the other thing, it occurs to me that, um, well, you know, what we're talking about here is that the, the planets have to support the activity, and mm-hmm. you know, you you can do it from transits, but you can look at the uh, at the birth chart, and yeah. the transits can't bring anything that isn't that you know for which the potential doesn't already exist in the birth chart exactly and, and yet and Adasha. well and that that was going to be my point um uh many years ago a friend of mine um i read his daughter's chart when she was uh oh maybe 10 11 years old mm-hmm. and her, his his daughter's chart was really wonderful because it was the chart it was absolutely the chart of an actress mm. and we and we looked through and and you look at it and the the third house performing uh potential that this person had was it was great it was involved with these raja yogas mm-hmm. and you know i'm looking at the chart and going oh this is great oh this is wonderful oh this is wonderful and then you look and you see that the dasha that would have to be triggered for all of this to take place wasn't going to appear until she was well into her 60s. And that's possible. Yeah. So it, you can have wonderful potential, but if the if the dasha if the timing, timing is, is off, yeah. it's not going to happen. And and you know, as you know, she was she was um uh, in school plays and such and such. But um, in terms of career or in terms of, you know, widespread recognition, it's, it's not interesting. Not going to be how she makes her living, huh? Well, no, but, but what was interesting is that the potential was there in the chart, mm-hmm. but it never gets triggered. Yeah. In, in, a, in, a, in a substantial yeah. way. Yeah, so it goes is, both ways. Yes, that's very, very important. So it's, one of those things that, one of those things that always happens with people who are new to the study of Jyotish is they look, they look at a chart, and, and parents will do this with their children's chart all the time, yeah. and they'll go, ah, my child will be famous. And it's just not that simple. Yeah. It, all of these, it's, it's like a gigantic combination lock with, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of gears that all have to fall into play at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. That's great. That's great. So, our conclusion... Transits and dashas have to relate to one another. Yep. The transit can support or decrease the intensity of a dasha. You know, maybe you get a really, really scary-looking dasha, and, you know, the, the planets that would have really made it ugly aren't involved in Either transit. Either that or, 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 or a very protective planet like Jupiter. Get steps there in there. soften it immensely, and I've yes. seen that happen. Yes, absolutely. And 
almost the same statement the other way around is that dasha can reduce or increase the impact of a transit. Right. It's typical for people to feel optimistic with the Jupiter transit, whether anything happens depends on whether the dasha supports it too. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, this has been fascinating. Thank you. How can people reach you, as always? Okay, um, my website is stariel, S-T-A-R-I-E-L dot com, and my email is anne at stariel dot com. Wonderful. Well, thanks again. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.